Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I ask you, do you ever feel tired? Do you ever feel weary? And I think all of us, all of us can raise our hand on that one because we feel that way. And that's just common. It's part of life, part of humanity. It's kind of a, you know, to me, when I get tired and weary, it's kind of one of those wake-up calls that, hey, we're human and we're not a God. And we, we, need, we need God. We need, we need help. And, and we're, we're finite beings and not infinite beings. And so, uh, but physically fatigued. We just get physically tired. Physically tired. And I want to minister in this series a lot about some of the things that just rest and stress and stuff that's facing us so much in life. And, but we get physically fatigued. And, and let me tell you how to fix that right here up front. If you have your worship guide, you can write these things down. Please take notes. It's like I told you a few Wednesday nights ago. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, still write it down. You've got to write some of this stuff down because the Lord's going to give you some stuff, I believe, to the word of the Lord, okay? We're going to break some scripture down. We're going to speak to you. We're going to teach. We're going to preach. And um, so let me tell you how to fix it. If you're physically fatigued, this is how you fix this. You ready? Here you go. You ready? Get some sleep. Get some sleep. Go to sleep. Rest. Brother Hughes told me many years ago, Dr. Hughes told me, he said, bro, I've counseled so many people and so many people, I I send them back home and say, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You need to go home and get some rest. Go to sleep. Get some rest. And uh, people are just... They're cutting their, their times of sleep down, and they, they, they desperately need just rest. And so a lot of things can be accomplished physically when you just get some rest. And, and I'm going to put sleep also in the category of sometimes, you know, a, a vacation. Um, and, you know, sometimes we think, I talked to a lot of people. When I first came to Southeast Texas, I was shocked. There's people here that have never, like, they've never left the Golden Triangle. And, and, I, and I'm not saying you have to leave the Golden Triangle to get rest. But I'm saying sometimes you just need a breather. Sometimes you just need that. And when you get physically fatigued, and I, and I don't even mean that you have to go take a long vacation. Some, some can afford that, some can't. But I, I'm talking about if you, if you, if you drive down and, 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 and go to a park or something and just get out and clear your mind or... Or if, if something, something that small, or, or you get a fishing pole and you run down and put it in the lake and stand on the bank and just clear your mind. I think all of that, it goes in the category of sleep and, and, and getting away and kind of rejuvenating yourself physically, and we desperately need that. And so if you're burning the candles at both ends, it meets in the middle eventually. And so you have to get away and get a refreshing and one of the ways you do that, I, I love what Brandon said a few minutes ago because he, he, went to, he went to Houston, and although Houston doesn't sound very refreshing, it was a break from the normal for them. And they spent a night in a hotel. They got a cheap hotel. That's what he said. And, and they, stayed, they stayed the night. Y'all have this view of what, like, they pay by the hour and stuff like that. That's... that's I've been around Brandon. He's not staying in that. Oh, I'll tell you this. Courtney's not staying in that. We have fun at church, right? And so take, take a break. Just take a break. But for those physically fatigued, sometimes even get tired in church. And, I, and I've got a quick tip to give you real quick. If you ever get tired in church, and which I don't know how you could get tired in this church because it's kind of like, rah, it's in your face a little bit. But if you get tired at church, it's like the time of the week where you sit down and you start getting a little, you know, dozing. Or, or, or at work, you get a little tired and you start dozing. I've, I've got a quick tip for you, just a, just a quick deal for you. And, and this is it. This is it. If it's, it's, okay, you're behind me, all right? Now watch this. Watch this. I, I'm like this and I'm kind of dozing off a little bit. This is the tip. You ready? If you ever jump, 
Y'all ever jump? And you're like, oh, God, who? This is, the, this is the fit. I'm telling you how to fix it. You ready? Here we go. In Jesus' name, amen. That fixes everything. So when your head pops up, just say, in Jesus' name, amen, it fixes everything. And everybody's like, oh, man, he's been praying. He's been seeking after the Lord. You know, that's awesome. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that a good tip? God bless you. We'll see you next week. All right? No. That, 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 that fixes everything. Then there is this, some other things I want to talk about. But uh, what I just talked about was very important. And, and, and also getting that form of getting out, of doing things, sleep, whatever, helps you mentally also. And I'm going to talk really heavy about mentally. But I also want to, I want to tag that physical and mental. It can, it can help you. It doesn't fix the mental thing, but it helps in the mental capacity of your healing and restoration and refreshing. But it definitely completely helps you in the world of physical fatigue. But there is a few areas that I want to really focus in on, and that is mental fatigue, emotional fatigue, and spiritual fatigue, and how to fix these three areas because a lot of folks in this room have mental, emotional, this fatigue of the spirit, and you need to know how to fix this. And I'm going to tell you this. This one you fix through getting rest. Rest. Now you say, Pastor, you just said that. You said sleep on the first one and getting away and different things. But on this one you said on the mental, emotional, and the spiritual fatigue, the way you fix that is by getting rest. Pastor, that's the, that's the same thing. Did you have a slip of tongue? Absolutely not. There is a difference between sleep and rest, and I want to talk about that today, and I really feel like I've got something for you. You can go to the drugstore, and you can buy something that will put you to sleep, but you cannot buy anything that will give you rest because rest, listen to this closely, is not a condition of the body. It is a condition of the soul. And sometimes we try to use the wrong thing to fix areas of our lives and we're using the wrong thing. I, I have went to bed, had a great night's sleep, woke up physically rejuvenated to take on my day but still be emotionally drained. Because sleep in itself didn't fix that for me, although it's a part of it, didn't fix that for me because I needed rest, and I needed rest in my soul. It was a soul condition. I didn't mean I was, I don't, I'm not telling you that we're lost or you're unsaved or you're not going to heaven. I'm not talking about, but there's a time when the soul needs rest, and rest is a condition that is for the soul. Most people, most people have caught a good case. Uh, they've been, they just caught the virus of what I'm going to call of overs. They're, they're full of, of overs. What am I mean? They're overwhelmed. They're overworked. They're overcommitted. They're overanxious. They're overextended and they're overloaded and our tanks are on empty and we're running on fumes and our soul is tired. Some of you, no doubt, have felt probably the spirit in the room, but you were so tired. There was a, your soul was tired. You, you slept all night. Services at 10 a.m. You just woke up, but you're tired in your soul. And let me tell you what the symptoms of the overs look like. And it all revolves around what I'm going to call deficit living. It's the symptoms of the overs is deficit living. What I mean by that, overloaded people always live in deficit. There's something that they owe. They're an emotional deficit. They're in a relational deficit of some sort. Or they are in spiritual deficit. But they're in some form of deficit living. And you have ever... Have you ever, have you ever, you don't have to raise your hand on this one, but you've been overdrawn in your checking account. Probably somewhere along the line, every one of us has written that check or, or whatever and, and check, 
kid, for all you students, it's a little piece of paper like this, and you sign it and that kind of stuff. And if you ever get overdrawn in your checking account, uh, what's, boy, you, instantly you get, this, you get this stress that just comes on you when you're overdrawn and you're just, oh, man. and what's the next thing you just start trying to do? You start trying to cover it, right? You try to, I mean, you're borrowing for Peter to pay Paul and, 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 and you, boy, you're trying to get some money and you're trying to fix it and you're trying to cover it because when you're in the deficit, you're living from behind and you're trying to fix what's already happened. And when we're in deficit living, we're running from the back and we're, and we're chasing something and we're trying to cover something and before long, our soul is tired. And, and it's over, it's so possible to get overdrawn in life. You're overdrawn when you find yourself living in some form of a deficit. You get overdrawn in your marriage. Hear me when I'm talking to you. You're overdrawn in your marriage. You know something's not measuring up. You feel the deficit. You walk in the house and you feel like you're trying to cover. You're trying to fix it. You're trying to, you're overdrawn in the marriage. You're overdrawn with the kids and you can feel it. You're living in a deficit. You're overdrawn in every category and you've run out of spiritual and mental and emotional currency in our life and we're out. We're just, and we're trying to find things to, to cover it, but the more we chase, the more we seems like we don't enjoy the things around us because our soul needs a refreshing. Overloaded people live, uh, need, need words like that start with the prefix of uh, 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 the prefix of re, and, and I'll get that, restore. You need a reviving. You need a recovering. You need a reflecting, a relaxing, a replenishing, a renewing, and a refreshing. And I'm going to be preaching in this series the next, I don't know how long we'll go, four weeks or so, I don't know. But we're going to focus in because I want you to have a refreshing in your spirit. Somebody said in Jesus' name. A refreshing. Why did you come to church here today? To touch the presence of God. To feel the presence of God. But you came here to be refreshed. You've been living life all week and you walk in here. Guess what? You're in the right place today. You're in a place of refreshing. But there is one key to being refreshed. One condition. You must be where you need to be in relation to Jesus Christ. You've got to be in, and really, I could really stop right here because that's, that, that puts it all in perspective and that's really what I'm going to be talking about, but I'm going to be opening it up and fleshing it out for you. And so you must be where you need to be in relation to Christ. So what I'm going to do is I am going to go in and we're going to look at the words of Jesus on a very famous text and we're going to open it up. You ready? He says this, and this is in Matthew chapter 11, if you're taking notes, 28 through 30. It says this, and I'm going to break this down for you. He says, come to me. Everybody say, come to me. All you who labor, and labor here literally means this, it, it's working to absolute exhaustion is what the word means here. Working to the point of absolute exhaustion. Come to me, all you who are working to the level of absolute exhaustion. And he said this, and are heavy laden. It's a picture of a man right here laden under a tremendous burden that is so, that is so heavy that he can no longer carry. And he is talking about this state of unrest. Unrest. The soul is weary. And he says this, this is Jesus talking. Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There it is, rest, rest. But let's find this where it goes. Let's, find, let's, let's, let's look where this goes. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your what? souls. This is more than you can find laying on your pillow in your bed. This is a different deal 
This is another level. This is, this, is, this is something that this is rest, and it's different than just sleep. We'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm going to, so he's talking about this, take my yoke upon you. So I want to read the same text, and we're going to read it out of another translation because it's just crazy cool how it's broken down. And this is out of the message, same text. I'm going to read it quick. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll get away with me. I love that. And you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the, oh, and I preached about this right here. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Man, is that good? Man, just give the Word of God a hand. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome, man. The key to living life to the fullest and making life something you enjoy from the beginning rather than enduring it to the end is found in two verbs in this text that I want to amplify in the rest of my preaching. Two, two things here that are amplified, two verbs, two things of action that you've got to be a part of to get rest, and we're going to, we're going to open that. The, the verb come and the verb take is that what I want to jump out to you. So let's first deal with come. You ready? Here we go. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He simply says this, come. I need you to get involved in this. I need you to have some action in this. That is, get in my presence. Come to me. Get into my presence. A few minutes ago as we were singing, you don't, you'll know this as I'm talking through this, but as we begin to sing in the spirit, Spirit of the Lord filled the house. You came to him. You stepped in his presence and rest started taking place in your life. That's why people can walk in church and leave out better than they came. They can leave out refreshed. They can feel better. That's why I tell some people, they tell me they're tired. They're tired. And they're, but they're not coming to church. And I'm going, You're, we are like once or twice a week coming in and having corporate worship and making it so easy for you to just step into his presence, come to him, and in his presence, you're going to start feeling rest. Come to me, get in his presence, listen to my, my voice, hear my words, and you're going to feel rest in your soul. Now, so when Jesus says, come to me, what he really means is this. He's, he, you've got you've to turn your back on anything and everything that you might substitute for him. You've got you've to turn your back on that and move into his presence. And so if you're in church here, I need, you to, I need you to walk away from everything that you tied up in all week. I need you to step away from that. I need you to turn your back to that. That All that mess will be there when you get out, but I need you to don't substitute anything for his presence, and I need you to step in his presence, and as you come to him, you start feeling rest. You, re you see, the reason people are so restless is because they're looking for rest in all the wrong places. They're running to all the wrong spots, and, 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 and our culture kind of teaches us that. And so these are some of the, the ways, just real quick, that we run to to try to get rest, okay? Rest. One of the places we run to is pleasure. If I can have more pleasure, I'll get more rest. Pleasure is great, and it's fun, and it's, it helps you to, to, in that first part of physical fatigue, but in these other areas that I'm really focusing on, the mental, the emotional, and, and the spiritual pleasure is not going to fix that. And, and the world has lied to humanity to tell you the more pleasure you have, the more rest you'll have, but you still feel so tired in your soul. The core of the makeup of you, you're just tired. But pleasure is one of the things. Another thing that we find this is, and, and, and areas that we, we run to, kind of false areas the culture teaches us, is performance. If I perform, perform more, if I do a better job performing, and so we get on this treadmill and we perform, 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 and we're still emotionally, spiritually tired. Tired. What about position? 
So we, we, we'll try that position. So I, I step on everything, everybody, my family, my, my people around me, my people. I'm, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. Position, position, position. I got to get higher. And, 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 and old Solomon talked about that. He says, man, when you finally kind of reach the top, you look back and you go, man, it was just meaningless. Because you, get, you, you take the whole ride of getting positional Rest, and by the time you get there, you think, it really wasn't even worth it. And then some people try to find it in this last area I want to talk about here, and that is possessions. The more I get, the more I'm going to rest. The more I get, the more I'm going to feel better. And so we chase it, we chase it, we chase it, we chase it, and we chase it, and we steal emotionally, spiritually tired. And we need a refreshing. And so I want to look at, I want you to look at this quote that I'm about to put on the screen for you. It says this. It says, the soul is restless and it will not rest until it finds its rest in God, Augustine says. Is that good? That's it. The soul is restless. It's just. It's, and, and one reason it's restless is it's chasing after all the four things I just told you. Position, performance, possession, these things. And, and, we're, and we're chasing after it. And I, I, I've never, I've got to tell you, the golden triangle. I, I, I moved here from Austin, Texas. I was blown away when I came to this area. I thought I was coming to the, the country, man. I was raised in Houston, then I lived in Austin, and then I came to this area. I'm just being honest with you. I thought, boy, life's fixing to really slow down. And I got here, and these are the, y'all the most busiest people I ever met in my life. The husband is busy. The wife is busy. The kids got 47 sports going on. We've got dance. We've got ballet, we, get, we have soccer, we have this, we have that. And, 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 and it, it's the most tiring people I've ever seen in my life. I, I, tell, I tell Scott all the time, he said, Pastor, it's hard to get anybody to serve at the church during the week. I said, I know it. I, never, I didn't even experience this in Austin. We always had people that were available. Not, man, this is, this, this, you folks work. And I honor you for working. But I'm just telling you, the other side of that, we all work. I work. But the fact of the matter, we, got to, we have to make sure that in the process all of this, our soul is well. Our soul is healthy. Our soul is well. The soul is restless and it will not rest until it finds its rest in God. Is that a revelation to you? I, I want that to be. I'm really serious because... To me, to me, it's just a revelation to see the difference in rest and sleep and where they come from. It, that's just powerful to me. That's about the best I got. So if y'all don't like it, I mean, that's there we go. Then come to me. So what is the fix for that? Come to him. Come to get in his presence. It's not, I'm not talking about anything that's difficult. He set it all up for you. Come to him. Get into his presence. The Bible says, in his presence there's what? Fullness of joy. He says those kind of things because it comes from in his presence. Now let's go to the second verb, the second verb in this text. Take my yoke upon you, verse 29. Everybody say take. take. So the first verb, is come, first verb is come. In other words, you've got to get involved in the process. Come to him. The second is take my yoke upon you. Now, this terminology uh, in the King James is little kind of misses a lot of our modern generation because we don't even really know what a yoke is. And for all the cowboys in the room, you do. But it's even this day, even the cowboys don't use this a lot because it's, it's kind of a, a dated word, if I can say. So let me open it up to you, and I'm even going to get you a picture in the process from our wonderful media team. Take my yoke upon you. A yoke was a wooden bar... You see it there. That was made to fit around the neck and the shoulders of an ox. And the farmer would attach the harness, as you, you can see it, so, so good there. And the farmer then, by the ability of putting this yoke upon the ox, he takes this massive beast and he, he is able to harness 
the power to do his crops or whatever. So all of a sudden, a beast, now you, you look at that ox. You, you, he, he's, he's an unruly, he's, he, he does what he wants to do. He has a mind of its own. But when he, when he puts the yoke around him and the farmer or whoever it may be grabs the harness, all of a sudden he takes power over the ox. He said, take my yoke upon. The reason why Jesus used the term yoke is because it's a symbol of submission. It's being submitted to God. Submitted to God. If you're going to find rest in God, when you find rest in God, it will be because you are submitted to God. What Jesus is saying here is if you want to find rest and peace in your soul, you have to get under my authority and, and, and submit yourself to me totally. And, and so this is the word that we used to like, we like to use because we hate the word submission, so I'm going to use a different word. What about surrender? In other words, I need you to surrender to me. I'm not calling you all a bunch of ox, and, and, and neither is Jesus. But what I am trying to tell you is this. He said, take my yoke upon you. Put my yoke around your life. And what do we find in this world at this age right now? We resist anybody telling me anything. We resist the yoke. We push back the yoke. We, 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 man, we will fight you, first of all, to never get under the yoke. I'm not telling you to get under any other yoke. All, uh, there's other yokes in the world. You're probably going to live under some form of yoke, some form of surrender in your life you're going to live to. I'm telling you this. Run to where Christ is and let him put his yoke upon your life. And this is the key. This is the key on this. The more you resist it, the more you live in emotional and mental and spiritual fatigue. That's why the Bible says this, the way of the transgressor is hard. You know why? So let's, let's look at the ox deal here, okay? You take these ox there, look real laid back there in that picture and all that good stuff. You take him all of a sudden getting his mind, I don't want to be this way anymore, and he starts pulling. Is the, is the, is the, is the, is the farmer just going to say, well, there you go, buddy. Just No. The, the farmer, because he's got a mission and a purpose, he is going to try to harness that back. And so in the process of that, the ox would just wear himself out, pulling. And the other ox is going to say, not today. And they're going to be pulling back. And there's going to be, they're going to be pulling against one another and, 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 and yanking that, that yoke and pulling at that yoke. This is the way I see people going through life. And they're wondering why they're emotionally fatigued. And God's saying, come on. Jesus said this, come to me. I got this for you. I'll give you rest. Take. Come and take. Verbs, you've got to get involved in it. Come and take the yoke. I'm not going to put this yoke on you if you don't want it. You've got to make a choice. You're a free moral agent of choice. You have the ability. Christ has always made everything about living for God a choice. Am I preaching to anybody today? He's not going to, so don't think, oh, God, I'm in the room today. I've got to get out of here before I get yoked. <laughs> if, you, if you don't want to get a yoke on you, don't worry about it. God bless you. The rest of your life, you're going to be fighting with some kind of yoke. And the devil will try to put a yoke on you, but let me just tell you, the yoke of the devil is heavy. The yoke of the devil will seem like, oh, man, I get to do whatever I want. Y'all like my strut? I get to do whatever I want. I can do whatever I can. Never, never, never doubt. People in the world are yoked by the devil and they're just going about their way and they're in the fight of their lives. Weary. That's why he said the way of the transgressor is hard. And I see people from Hollywood to, to small town America, from the rich to the poor, being yoked to the wrong thing and they're worn out, tired out, pushing drugs, finding another drug. What are we in? Are we in an opioid epidemic? Why is that? Trying to medicate the yoke of the devil. 
I'm carrying this and it's killing me, but I'm going to medicate it. So that's what we learn to do in America now. Medicate the weight of the yoke of the enemy. I wasn't going to say that, but that's good. And we're medicating. We're, I don't know what's going on. Medicate, medicate, medicate the yoke of the enemy. And God's saying, listen to this. I got this for you. Come to me and I am going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon. I'm not taking anybody's yoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a different yoke. This is not the, like the yoke of the world. This is a yoke that you're going to have to choose to take. It's your choice. But if you will take this yoke and you will step in the, in the purpose of the master, and I, if I can say the farmer, the master, he is developing something in you. <laughs> He's creating within you a clean heart and renewing a right spirit within you. And all of a sudden, in the process of the yoke, hallelujah, man, it's just beautiful because he helps you in that process. And he, and he, and he I don't want to give away the rest of my message, but he, he, he's just so kind in the process. And he lays this out in the text. He lays it out so beautifully. If you want to find rest and peace in your soul, you've got to get under my authority and submit yourself totally to me. Surrender. So I'm going to be kind of rough here just a minute, okay? But I'm going to tell you what this really looks like. Because I can preach about this, and then when, when the rubber meets the road, we don't really understand exactly, maybe exactly, exactly what I'm trying to flesh out here. So I'm going to make this really real, okay? What... This is the deal. This is the deal. You're making a decision when you put the yoke of Christ on you. What is going to guide you in the moral and spiritual decisions you have to make in your life? That's the question you need to answer today. What is, the, what is, what is going to guide you in the moral decisions you make in your life? Well, I didn't know you were talking about that. No, no, no. No, that's what I'm talking about. Let's flesh this out. Let's get the rubber to the road. What is going to guide you in the process of the moral decisions that you make in life. Now, this is where I told you I was going to get tough here. Listen. If you're single, are you going to have sex before you marry? Oh, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know he, was, he was going there. No, no, this is, the, this is the actual things. Is that okay? Because if you have the yoke of Christ... You're stepping into those decisions, making those moral decisions. If you don't, you're in the fight of your life. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. This way is what I want to do. I want to feel my independence. This is my body. I'll do it. If you get pregnant, will you get an abortion? That's the kind of choices I'm talking about. Pastor, I didn't know this was going political. That's not political. I'm sorry it's been made that way. This is like about life or death. <laughs> I don't really care if you agree with me or disagree with me. The fact of the matter is, what are you doing when the rubber meets the road on your choices? Pastor, I want rest. All right. Choose the way of Christ. Well, Pastor, I made a mistake. I got, I, I, I'm, I'm pregnant. I understand. I'm sorry for that mistake. But the Lord's going to help you through this process. Huh? I mean, he'll coach you. He'll help you. The church will stand behind you. But if you go the way of the, the, the abortion, and I've got a, women in this room that have, have, have given their testimonies on that, they will tell you they have spent a lifetime struggling with that until they have freedom from Christ. And God has given them freedom. Amen? Amen? And so if you've had an abortion today, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. What I'm trying to do is tell you, now bring it back under the rain and let live the rest of your life with a new, you saw what the way of the world wants to do. Because you thought, well, I'm getting rid of this. No, you didn't get rid of it. It stayed attached to you, that struggle, that yoke, that old, that bad yoke. If you're married, will you stay committed even though you're tempted? Oh, man, I didn't know he was going in this stuff. I like just wanted to drink iced tea. 
If you want an iced tea, life, you've got to come under the reign and the surrender of Christ. But if not, oh, it's a fight, man. Well, I'm going to run around and I'm going to do this and the family's busted up and kids everywhere. And Do you all see what I'm talking about? And then we step back and we're wondering why we're so tired spiritually and emotionally because... You're a business person and you've got a chance to make some money, but it will require some shady ethics. What will you do? Yoke or no yoke? Christ yoke, enemy's yoke, right there. See what I'm talking about? I'm trying to, I'm trying to, and, and I can't flesh out all of these decisions, and I'm not going to tell you how to conquer them. I need you to, I need you to talk to the one who's got the harness. And in the process of the one who has the harness, he's going to coach you through this. Even when you make mistakes, he's going to coach you, Eric. Even when you make mistakes, he's going to coach you, Joey. He's going to walk you through the steps. He's going to be right there with Isn't it beautiful that the farmer right there with the ox? And he said, I'm going with you, brother. I know you got the yoke on you, but I'm going I'm I'm to go right here with you because we're going to go through this purpose together. Jesus Christ is right there in the process with you. And he's helping you. You say, I don't know what to do with this deal. I don't know the will of God. Oh, just hold on. If you're under his yoke, it's going to be easy because under his yoke, he's guiding you with his will. <laughs> That's why people go, oh, man, I don't know about this. Listen, even for a Christian, all things work together for the good to them who love the Lord. You know why? Because we're in his will. Even though some of the things I didn't like per se, I have rest and peace in his will in the process. Why? Because I know who's guiding me in the process. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house today. Amen? And then you know what? The scriptures talk about, isn't it kind of common sense that you want to get under the yoke of God early on in life. Some of you like to say that. I buried a man uh, just a couple of days ago who would tell you that, and that was Brian Goins. Oh, he would tell you, oh, I wish earlier in my life I could bring a Larry Post Sr. up here and say, he'd say, oh, I wish I'd have known this years ago. But he wrestled with the devil's yoke instead of taking the yoke of Christ. But... The Bible talks about, look at Lamentations 3.27. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is still young. Well, yeah, common sense. Like the earlier I can get the truth that I'm preaching to you today, the earlier on you can get this in life, the smoother. I don't mean like life's just like, oh, so easy. I don't mean that. Christians have trouble too, right? Yeah, we step all in mud holes in the process of carrying the yoke. But the master's with me. And so I want to carry this and do it well. I, I, t- I told the Lord many years ago, I said, Lord, I'm a real quick learner. I'm real quick. So if I get out of line, just, just know this. If I make a certain, just talk to me gently and kindly and love on me and I'll come back up under your is that all right? Have you prayed that prayer? You might ought to. Because we, we get out from under it sometime and go, oh, man, running free. <laughs> no, no, no. Lord, I want to come back up under. The, I stepped out and made some mistakes. Lord, I want to come back up under because there's a rest here. There's rest in the presence of God. He says this. Learn from me. It's actually another verb. Learn. I didn't. Uh, so there's only two that I'm preaching about, but there's another one there. Learn. Learn. Get involved in the product. Get involved in the action. Learn from me. But this is the cool part. You ready? For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Do we believe the word of God? For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. I love that he calls whatever's going on in your life his burden also. I love that because he's involved. You're up under his surrender to him. And he says, 
I got this. And so instead of it being weighty and wearing you down and beating you down and you're crawling back, he said, no, 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 no. we're not going to do it like that. We're not going to do that. I'm going to help you carry this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make this my yoke too. I'm going to make this my burden too. Jesus Christ died, buried, and resurrected. He came to the earth. Why did he come to the earth? He ought to be standing up there and just running the show from up there. But he says, wait, wait, wait. I'm not, I'm not your average farmer. Let me help you carry the yoke. Let me help you carry your burdens. Let me, let me stand on the hillside at the death. And the Bible says Jesus wept. What? He feels the pain. He carries the weight. He carries the burden. And so you don't have to have the weight of the wooden beam on you by yourself. The God Almighty, he says, this is my yoke, baby. This is my burden. I got this with you. We're going to carry this thing together. We're going to go through this together. I don't know what you're going through right now in your life, right now. No matter what, a decision, a huge decision that you're making, don't be fearful. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty even if you made some bad ones. What I'm trying to do is this, let you know this. There is an easier way to make these decisions. There's an easier way that when you come out on the other side, you're refreshed in the process. Knowing that you have done the right thing, you're refreshed in the process. And the word rest in this text literally means, it means be refreshed. And we're calling this refreshing. Take my... My yoke is, it's refreshing. And my burden is light. My, bo- my burden is light. I, um, if they could come and get ready to play, uh, I, I want to I tell you I heard about a bird, and the bird is, lives in a place called San Juan Capistrano, California. In fact, my wife and I were just down in this area of the country where, where this was. But it's in San Juan Capistrano, California. I hope I'm saying all of those correctly. And there's a little bird called a cliff swallow. And he travels every year. He migrates from a beautiful place in Argentina to a beautiful place in California. Little bitty fellow, as you can see. And in the process of his travels, folks, from Ar- the place where he's flying from in Argentina to the place where he's going in San Juan Capistrano is approximately 7,000 miles. And it's all, just about all of it, is over the ocean. Now, look at this little fellow. 7,000 miles. I mean, we go about... Three or four hundred miles, and we have to take a pit stop, and everybody's got to pour out of the car, and 47 people got to go to the restroom. I'm working through still scars from being a youth pastor one day. But this little fella, 7,000 miles. Now, can he fly 7,000 miles without stopping? There's, that's impossible. Can he swim? No, and so legend has it that the little bird carries with him a nice-sized twig. And as he's flying, legend has it that he he will drop the twig into the ocean when he needs a rest and stand on the twig. Is that not cool? And he'll stand there and get his rest and be back in action and every year, he, does, he takes the migration trip of 7,000 miles. <laughs> I started thinking about that. If in this journey called life, if God has prepared a way for the swallow to find rest, Surely he has built it into my psyche and understanding and through the word of God to know how to find rest. 
Surely he's built a way in this busy 2018 when lives are going everywhere and voices are coming from everywhere. Surely he's built a way for us to have rest. And oh, he has. Oh, he has. Come to me. Don't, don't quit fighting. Quit wrestling. Quit being in the wrestling match of your life. Give up. Surrender. If you're stressed out about something right now, I guarantee you it's something you're in a wrestling match with that's wrestling and something in the wheel. Release. Come to Him. Take His you. You've tried it your way, Frank, Frank Sinatra. I want you to try it a different way. I want to try it God's way. I, I woke up with a, a thought on my mind. I'd studied, I'd prepared. I'd, in fact, I'm not even going to have this on the media screens because it hit me this morning, okay? But I, the Lord resurrected to me an old text. When I woke up, the Lord said to me, He restoreth my soul. I said, that's good, Lord. Where's that at? And I thought, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. It was on the tip of my tongue. Finally, it hit me. It's in Psalms 23, and I've used it a gazillion times. And you've heard it a million times, too. But can I read that text and let it open up to you with the understanding of what we preach today? All right, here we go. It's not on the screen, so you have to listen closely. Ready? The Lord is my... <laughs> Aren't you glad he's your shepherd? Man, I'm glad he's my shepherd. I take peace and rest in that he's my shepherd. By the way, I just want to let you know the Lord is your shepherd, not Nathan Keaton. <laughs> I need to tell you that. I'm the under-shepherd. I'm not the shepherd. I don't want his job. I know a lot of preachers call themselves the shepherd. I'm the under-shepherd. He is the head shepherd. I'm just here to help. When he says this, I'm just here to help coach. Is that all right? I always tell him that if there's any church trouble. <laughs> when I'm on the mountain, I'm like, I'm the shepherd. When I'm in the valley, I'm like, hey, God, you're in control. How's that work in your life? When you're on the mountain, do you kind of feel like, I've got the yoke that I want to have. And I get in the valley, I'm like, Lord, can I get your yoke? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Look at this. Look at all the peace up in this. He maketh me to lie down. You've got to calm down, son. Calm down. Maketh me to lie down in a pasture that he's been watering <laughs> and made it green for me. He made me to lie down in green pastures. <laughs> I smell fresh green grass. leadeth me by, by the raging waters. Is that right? What? He leadeth me beside the still waters. Rest. Rest. This is what the Lord spoke to me here this morning. This is what He restoreth decisions. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. Do you see the farmer? Do you see the master leading them? And he leads me into righteousness, making the decision righteous. And then he says this, I'm doing this all for 
my name's sake. So I'm going to read the whole text to you and read it real quick. You ready? The Lord is my shepherd. Do y'all know it? Let's just quote it. You ready? Let's, let's do a, a, a big quote. You ready? Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. <laughs> Would you stand with me today? Man, 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 man. Now, I need some tired folks. I don't mean just physical tired. If you're physical tired, by the way, if you're physically tired, there is nothing better than a Sunday nap. Can I get a witness? Don't even call me at 2 o'clock on Sundays. Don't even call me. I've got Lupe tortillas sitting in. I've settled in. I've preached 2 o'clock. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm praying before the Lord. Rest. Rest is the next level. And so, I need you to sleep. If, if you're physically tired or you sleep, you need, to, you need to take a breather. But if you need rest emotionally, I am preaching in this generation to the most emotionally tired people I've ever seen in my life. Weary, tired emotionally. Tired spiritually. So many things being thrown at you, pulling at you spiritually. Make sure you stop and come to Him. Get in His presence. Commune with Him. Take my yoke. What a, what a direction.